You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. One of the most obvious contradictions of the modern world would have to be the idea that real life is depicted on social media. By now, we all know that what they are are the highlight reels of someone's life. But that doesn't stop us comparing our own lives to the ones on the screen, the ones with perfect artisan lunchboxes, clean kitchens and happy children. Perhaps because there are just so many images like that, we're drowning under the flood. Jessica Rowe is one woman determined to turn the tide. A self-proclaimed crap housewife, she's penned a book to help All women feel more normal about their parenting abilities. The book is called Diary of a Crap Housewife. It's time to embrace your perfectly imperfect life. Jess, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Oh, it's so lovely to chat with you. That was the most beautiful introduction. (laughs) I was thinking, oh, those words that you're using and you're saying it so beautifully. So thank you. No worries. summing it up so well. Well, it's one of those things, isn't it, that we, like I said, we recognize that social media is not real, but it's just everywhere. And so we think... Everybody's got a really white kitchen. All mums wear white dresses. They've got perfect hair and nails. And meanwhile, we're just a hot mess. Well, indeed. Mm. And and I'm a hot mess and I'm now proud of it. I wasn't always so proud of it. (laughs) Yes. And and I think as well with social media, there's a part of you that thinks, oh, it's not real. But then but then you still buy into it a bit and you can't help but compare your life and look and think, oh, what's wrong with me or I feel inadequate. So for me, about five years ago, I was talking with a girlfriend and we were comparing notes. Our kids are of a similar age and we were sort of thinking, oh, how are you going with this? And oh, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. And she said, do you know, have you seen on Instagram these amazing lunchboxes that, that parents are packing for their kids with this incredible incredible food. I thought she was joking. I said, You've, no, that's not, that's impossible. She said, no, have a look. So I had a look. And when I saw these extraordinary lunches, beautifully sort of designed, perfectly shaped carrots and, <laughs> and you know, star-shaped watermelons and amazing shaped sandwiches and just ext- incredible, a part of me felt Oh no, I, I don't do that for my kids. I give them a veggie sandwich and some tiny teddies and a piece of fruit. I must be a really <laughs> bad mum. But then I thought, no, I got cross. I thought, this is crap. This is nonsense. So I said to my friend, I am going to start posting on Instagram, I was new to Instagram, exactly what I cook for my family each night with the hashtag crap housewife. Little did I know that now, five years later, <laughs> there are over 100,000 cr- fellow crap housewives out there who are following me. I'm following them. They're hashtagging crap housewife. And it's so freeing because what I love about it I hadn't expected it to grow the way it has. I did it for me because it was my way of basically putting my finger up at all of the (laughs) the fake perfection around me and also having a laugh at myself. Mm. I'm a big believer in not taking yourself too seriously. And I've always found 
laughing at myself, but humor, a really good way of sometimes dealing with crappy times. So, but essentially, yep, there would be my meals. No filter, nothing. So mince many different ways. <laughs> we have takeaway every Friday night. We still have either baked beans or spaghetti on toast on a Sunday night. And it's fine. It is okay. I'm happy. My daughters are happy. My husband's is probably least happy about it. He now orders in his own meals. He gets his own meal delivery service on a Friday night because to set him up for, actually not a Friday night, a Monday night because he will have takeaway on a Friday night. He'll get it delivered on a Monday night. So then he's got like proper meals because he was like pussycat. Really, I cannot do another pasta because anyone with kids knows pasta's great. They will eat it. It's easy to cook. You can put bolognese, tomatoey sauce, just butter, just cheese, whatever, because they will eat it. Whereas Petey's like, no, I can't do any more of these carbs. <laughs> so he orders in his, his special meal, so to speak. But what again for me is so wonderful, is my daughters love what I cook. My eldest daughter has said to me, Mummy, you should be on MasterChef. <laughs> and that makes my heart sing. She loves my spag bowl. She'll eat it. And and isn't that enough? As mm. opposed to thinking, oh, I've got to tie myself in knots to produce these amazing meals. And I'm not for any moment downplaying what a lot of people do. Some people enjoy to cook. Some people mm. find it relaxing, find it therapeutic, and they enjoy it. I don't. I never have. For me, it's a means to an end. And I know my 100%. kids are eating well, and that's enough. And, mm. and I'd rather put my energy into things that bring me joy. I'd rather spend my time laughing with my girls and being silly as opposed to stressing over cooking a meal that they probably won't eat in the end. I mean, that's the other frustration. You try all these different things and they go, I don't like it. I don't want it. And you think, but I've spent all this time cooking it. it. Come on. <laughs> it's not worth it. No, it's You pick not. your battles. Mm. Now, your eldest is 12, is that right? Allegra is 12, going on, on 20. On the, on the cusp of uh, oh, adolescence. Oh, yes. Bless you. Good luck with that, Jess. Um, Instagram, Instagram wasn't around when she was born. Do you think the pressure to be the perfect parent has increased in that time? Oh, of course it has. Of course it has. And also, I, I worry about, my, about Allegra and her friends and girls of her generation because I think about I've worked really hard to not buy into the crap and I'm a grown-up. You know, I, I think, no, that is not real. I'm not going to buy into that. But when you're younger, it is very difficult to put that, to make that, you know, differentiate between real life and no, that is not real. So I'm so aware of that with my girls. But but it's funny because she, I can't bear this the thought of this. Allegra loves Kim Kardashian <laughs> and Allegra is not allowed to be on social media. She's not, but she'll get onto my phone, onto my Instagram and scroll through. And then suddenly there'll be Kim Kardashian and all the Kardashians <laughs> popping up in my feed. And I'm like, Lots of what are you doing? <laughs> like, don't follow these people. But she loves them. So it, to me, that's now something that I'm facing with talking to her about, okay, that's all right, but why do you love them? Because you know that's not real what they're doing. And really what they stand for is not great stuff. So they've really, they're famous for doing nothing. Mm. But 
showing off their bottoms and wearing too much makeup with bad contouring. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's difficult because yes. she, but she still thinks they're wonderful. I mean, she did. I don't know if this was a compliment or an insult. The other day she said, Mummy, your bottom is just like Kim Kardashian's. <laughs> But it's bigger. And I went, what do you mean? And then I was quite insulted. But then I was trying to later think, put, put the silver lining on it, thinking, well, maybe it's sort of a compliment because she likes Kim Kardashian. But no, I think she was just basically saying I had a big flobby bottom. But <laughs> oh, no. no, 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 no. It's definitely a compliment. Oh, is it? Oh, because, know. you know, when we Ooh. grew up, big booty was not a thing. Yeah. It's a thing now. Oh, big booty. But- Tick. Okay. Thank all you. right. Thank all you, right. All right. That's fine. Thank you. Next, as Ariana Grande says, that's the. <laughs> what did she say? That, you know that song. Thank you. Thank you. Next. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I can say thank you. Next. <laughs> You're a cool mom. Oh no, I'm not. I like. You know what? I like to think I am, but but my daughters. Don't think I'm cool, especially Allegra again, who's like, Mum, you are so embarrassing. And I'm not allowed to go to kids' sport on the weekend to her because she plays soccer. Because she goes, Mum, no wahooing. You cannot clap loudly. Don't walk on the white line. You can't walk on the field. Stop it. Stand behind the other parents. (laughs) So I have all these instructions. You're standing behind the other parents. Wouldn't that just make you louder and need to be more vocal? No, but the point also being after the games, I will say to Allegra, Allegra, I did fairy claps, which is basically the two finger clap. (laughs) I did not call out once. I said all of those other parents were calling out and cheering. And they including thought, your father. And then I got judged for not cheering. Yeah. They thought, what's wrong with Jess? Exactly. So mean mum. Let me come back again. I'm so well behaved. I and you should have said, look at I didn't get in a mascot costume. I could have done that. Now that's a good idea. Because <laughs> I do like a costume. Don't give me ideas. I love it. Like, Mummy, you're never allowed back on Fee Play Love. Well, you know what? It's encouraging yeah, like, bad behaviour. I do have, actually, this is a really good thought because I did buy from Kmart recently a fabulous giant cat head. (gasps) Have you seen those? Yes. Oh, my God. So one day, I am naughty, (laughs) I shouldn't do it, but one day when I was in in my daughter's school car line to pick up both girls, I'd already, I hadn't driven with the head on, but I was parked (laughs) and I've had the head on my Um, Giselle thought it was hilarious and fantastic, but Allegra, understandably, was mortified because there's her mum sitting in the driver's seat with this giant cat sort of fluffy head on. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah, isn't Thank you. I'm sorry, but that's just her lot in life. <laughs> yes. She has no choice now. You had no choice after you given birth. Now she has no choice. You are her mom. That's it. That's yep. just what happens. And I think, to, what do you reckon? I reckon in a way as parents, especially mums, we sort of, we do embarrass our kids. We don't mean to. Maybe sometimes we do mean to. But mm. I think back about my mum and there were things that she would do that would embarrass me terribly, but they weren't that embarrassing in the end. No. Well, see, my parents... Yeah, they weren't very embarrassing at all. They, they're kind of like the superheroes of parenting. Oh. Right? They're really good parents. Um, but I definitely, when um, my daughter has a, a habit, she doesn't like me leaving at school, but her school's bell is always a song, like a fun song. Oh, how beautiful. But she hates me singing in public. 
and dancing in public. And so if she's getting weepy and sad and doesn't want me to leave, I'll just start dancing and I'll say to her, mummy's not leaving. Mummy will only leave, you know, I'll, I'll leave if you stop crying or I'll stop, I will stop dancing and singing if you stop crying. Um, and normally she's just so embarrassed she'll stop. Perfect. It's a tool. That's a win. It's a tool. That's you really can, good. I might try and borrow parenting, that. Yes. Pa- parenting toolbox. We'll be back with Jess Rowe on Feed Play Love right after this. Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt. When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club. Come on, we've all been there. We've all pushed oh. our children's poo <laughs> down, down the, the drain <laughs> of the shower or bath. Oh. One that only other parents and carers can truly understand. The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children, with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Um, look, one thing that's certain in life and parenting is that we all make mistakes. Um, and when we make mistakes with our kids, that feels really personal. I think especially as mums, sometimes dads can be a little bit more robust about that stuff. And no one wants to be the cause of their child's misery. How do you bounce back from those kinds of mistakes? I mean, silly mistakes about um, dinners that don't taste great or whatever, that, that's kind of easy. But when you make a mistake and your child's genuinely upset, how do you get back on the horse after oh, that? Oh, it's terrible. Of course, your heart breaks and you do feel like the world's worst mother. I'll never forget a time when Giselle was quite a bit younger and she was had really was very upset and very angry and she was sort of yelling at me and very cross and I I didn't know what to do. I could feel myself losing a bit of control, but I thought, no, 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 I'll try and put her in a room. That's what I'll do. I'll try and do that. I don't know why people think that's a good idea when you've got a child who's struggling and you're trying to get them into their room. It just makes it worse. So for some reason I thought, this is what I'll do. I'll put you in your room because I'd read somewhere that's what you do. So I put her in a room, but of course she kept coming out. Like, Why would she stay in her room? So then... She then, I'm like, oh, stay in the room. So I lift her back in there again and then then out she comes and then I put her back in and then I think, what am I going to do? So then I, I, I can't, obviously I'm not going to lock her in there, but then I hold the doorknob to keep her in. She's on the other side pulling the other way and I'm on the floor <laughs> pulling this doorknob thinking, I'm a grown woman. What am I doing? Mm. And then, but then I was getting so, I could feel myself getting more upset. And then she was beside herself and then, and then she's opening it. And then I jammed her fingers in the door and I felt like the world's worst mum. And I opened the door and I said, took her in my arms. I said, oh, darling, I'm so sorry. Mummy didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to be cross, but I can't have you being rude like that. But Mummy's so sorry. And I felt terrible. But what I've come to learn is it's really important, I think, that we say sorry to our kids at times because we're not perfect. And yes, there are times when we do lose the plot. We are overtired. We're not at our best. We will yell or we will do something that you think that wasn't very well thought through. We expect our kids to say sorry. So I'm much better now at saying to my daughters, if I do get cross or angry, saying, you know what, mummy's really sorry. I didn't mean to talk to you like that or shout. 
I just did it because I'm tired and I didn't mean to do that. So I'm sorry. So that's a way for me that I felt um, it's a good way to deal with those moments because we're not perfect. We, we, we aren't always at our best and and we're, we are learning still as we go along. And, and I'm also getting better at sometimes removing myself from situations. So I think sometimes there's nothing wrong with as a mum thinking, oh, we're all, everyone's getting cross. I can feel everything escalating here. You just walk away. You either lock yourself in the bathroom or in your room or somewhere so you can remove yourself from a situation and you can calm down and get yourself together. And then you're better able then to think, well, okay, what can I do now? How can I manage this best? So we're all, but the, the point being though, we're all just doing our best. And and to me, I think it's so important to say sorry to our kids. I think it's okay for our kids to see us cry sometimes. If we are sad, if something has gone wrong, that's a natural response to to a situation. But it's even more important, I think, for our kids to see us laugh mm. and have fun yeah. and, and to sort of... Um, I think you can never love your kids enough. You can never hug them enough. I get cross when I hear people say, oh, your children shouldn't be in the bed with you. They shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be doing that. I don't know of any teenagers who are still sleeping with their parents at night. <laughs> I just don't. So mm. if if that works for you and your family at this time in your life, do it. Mm. If it means everyone is going to get a better sleep, just do it. Mm. Why Why try and fit into someone else's rules? Yeah, and they say things like, because oh. um, my, my husband snores, so he's he's in bed with the almost five-year-old and then my daughter will come into bed with, with me. And I people are horrified when they hear that. And um, uh, I just think, what, is the only place that you have sex in your bed? You know, they, they're exactly. so worried that you're not having sex, that your relationship's not great. And I, I feel like saying, I tell you what's not good for my relationship is if I'm not sleeping because he snores all night, my son sleeps through it all. So it's like, you know, get out of my bedroom. That's right. You're not meant to be here. Don't judge. Yes. But again, I think that that comes with confidence. Mm within yourself and backing your mothering skills and listening to yourself because we know our kids best and what's going to work for them. But I know, again, early on when I was a new mum, I floundered because I was listening to all this different advice and worried that I wasn't doing it right as opposed to actually thinking, well, what do I feel is right for me and my family? What is going to get us through the night? We all hop into bed together. We get some sleep. That is worth everything. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the same with dummies. I remember people going, ah, oh, don't give your child a dummy. I don't see any teenagers with dummies. Do you? No. <laughs> you know, kids get rid of them when they're yes. ready. So why make it any harder than it needs to be? Than it already is. Yes. Often. Yeah. With young things. Yeah. Look, as a, a working parent, um, I feel like I'm constantly running just to keep up. Like I don't feel like I'm necessarily going above and beyond in any area. I'm just doing my best to make it to the finish line, wherever that is. It keeps changing. Does that res resonate with you? Oh, absolutely. I always feel like I'm, you know, constantly running, sort of thinking, oh, I've got to do this. Have I done that? And what about this person? And, oh, I forgot about that. And oh, oh. as women, we are great multitaskers, mm. but that often can mean at our own peril Yes, <laughs> that we don't stop. 
And we need to stop sometimes and think, why are we running so fast? Does that thing really matter? Does that other thing matter? No, it doesn't. Don't be afraid to slow down. And I've found in the past 12 months since leaving Studio 10 where I was working five days a week, that was a big change for me. But I'm loving the change in pace. So I'm I'm working, but I'm working for myself. So I'm choosing things that are right for me. And it's lovely not to be constantly feeling like I am chasing my tail, that I'm running on empty. And we need to to check in with ourselves. And and I, under, I appreciate that often it's not as easy for people to go, well, I'll just leave my job and I'll do something else. But it's about finding what is it that is good just for you? How can you take a little bit of time out that will nurture your sense of self, that will be for you, so then you've got the energy to keep going and and, and not feeling like you have to be all things to everyone. I've learned it is impossible to be a perfect mother, a perfect wife, a perfect daughter, a perfect friend. We can't. There's no such thing. We're doing our best. And some days we do it better than others because of those push and pulls. And and I think too, I'm learning very much about this to recognize that there's a season for things. There's a season for different phases in your life where you might have to really be putting your head down, going a million miles at your career because it's it's at this moment. But then there might be another time where you think, well, actually, no, this isn't right for me now. I'm going to want to head in this direction or I need to be present for my kids or my aging parents who need more of my time and energy. So I have to put my my heart in that direction. And and I think we have to recognize that, that we can do that and it's okay to do that, that not everything's going to be the same always. Mm, I think it's, it's interesting. I don't know if this was planned. But it's interesting to me that you're um, releasing a book about being a crap housewife at the same time as quitting a job that you do love to be there more for your girls. Uh, Is that irony intentional? Oh, I know, but it's funny, isn't it? (laughs) I've always been a crap housewife. I think I'm just owning it more now. I'm owning my crapness in the sense of my imperfection. And part of that too is embracing your imperfection, realizing you're not perfect, realizing you can't be all things to everyone. And for me, what is right for me now is to be more present for my daughters and my husband. Mm. I'm a feminist. I'm a proud feminist. And some people gave me a bit of slack saying, oh, that seems a little old fashioned. But to me, it's not because my brand of feminism is about supporting the choices that women make. There's a whole lot of different choices we can make. It mightn't suit us, but we back that choice. And my choice now is to really lean in hard for my girls and my man. And I'm loving that because it feels right for me now. It's not always going to be the way. Pretty soon, my girls are going to be spreading their wings and embarking off into their lives. So I know now I need for me to sow those seeds of connection with them and be present for them. What a beautiful place to end this interview. Okay, so this is the book. The book is called Diary of a Crap Housewife, the only parenting book you need to read. <laughs> Forget <laughs> There's some the rest. There's recipes in there. There is. There's lots of recipes. <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy to chat.
That's Jessica Rowe. She's the author of Diary of a Crap Housewife. It's time to embrace your perfectly imperfect life. We'll put links in the notes to this episode for where you can get your copy. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.